0: It's good to come home sometimes and be in a bad mood and not talk to anybody, except if you live with four other people.
1: You can't do that. You
0: you can't do that, right.
1: teacher's like, okay, everybody, all right. Uh, Pop quiz time, we're gonna do the uh, vocabulary to it. And I just yell out, wait, I
0: gotta make my sheet." I like to joke that I make my living throwing away dead people's sex toys.
1: (laughs) I can guarantee you there is nothing you have felt that I haven't felt.
0: Yeah, and um, I am a
1: Formerly been person. If people don't know how
0: you are,
1: they cannot help you. Anxiety is the rattling of the lid on the pot of boiling water. Mm-hmm. Everything's connected. Like me letting go of the past, me not hanging on to my anger, me like trying to become a present being Are you, you're not in your peak dieting phase now <laughs> i mean i was i was only in it for like a quick six minutes on a car ride once <laughs> <laughs> because there's no i was in between can we stop for <laughs> snacks <laughs> yeah, i was equidistant between two fast food places so that it so that if i'm in a situation with like my older daughter and she says something hurtful to me like you're wearing a lot of statement jewelry right now in the very very niche world of american ghost towning Uh, My dad is a minor celebrity. Well, we have 50% of the country is in dire poverty, is in homelessness, you know, LA is 50% of the country is in homelessness? Uh, That seems like not a correct statistic. Hi there, my name is Sean Conroy and this is Sean Conroy Gets Happier. This is, I believe, episode nine of this show, which is sort of amazing that we've done nine episodes um a lot going on right now or i should say a lot not going on or both of those things can be true at the same time many things are going on and there are other things that are not happening we're still in lockdown from the coronavirus uh what else is going on this week espn is showing The Last Dance, I was just watching that on on ESPN, which is basically 10 hours to convince you that uh, Michael Jordan was a good basketball player. I don't quite see why it takes that long. I actually got uh, food tonight, takeout, for the first time since this all started, which was incredibly exciting to eat something that I did not make. I really felt like I was living it up. Uh, This was also the week where the President of the United States suggested injecting yourself with uh, some type of cleaner to get rid of the coronavirus or, or, or injecting yourself with ultraviolet light. I'm not sure what he was suggesting. I know a lot of people made fun of him, but I also know that a lot of people defended him by saying he's just thinking he's trying to come up with solutions so in that spirit i was inspired and this is you know i'm not a doctor but i had some thoughts of some things you might want to try uh i know one of the problems with injecting yourself with with um bleach or any kind of cleaner is you would die and the same thing with ultraviolet light, but I think a lot of the things I'm going to suggest are less fatal. Not fatal, you know, way less fatal, let's say. Um, One thing is I've heard the expression, feed a fever, starve a cold. And that doesn't really apply here because this is a virus, not a fever or a cold, but it's a little bit of both of those things you know you can spike a fever and then you also have symptoms that could be attributed to a cold or pneumonia so my thought was rather than feed or starve it you could make it eat a lot of things it doesn't like make the virus eat things you really it has to be things you dislike because you don't know what the virus likes and doesn't like but Maybe if you ate a bunch of things you didn't like, it would drive the virus out. Like for me, just as an example, I would probably eat, you know, a couple tablespoons of mayonnaise, a couple of pickles, and then maybe a banana flavored uh, sports bar, energy bar. Because I can't stand, I like bananas, but I don't, you know. Um, Another thought I had, and I... Do you think they might be trying this in some places is garlic, you know, garlic, vampires, garlic works to keep vampires away. And it also makes uh pizza better. So maybe garlic would keep the virus away and make you better. Um, another one, this is maybe an oversimplification, but you can never have too much apple cider vinegar. Right? Just a couple of glasses, a couple of pints of apple cider vinegar. Just swallow that down and, you know, see what happens. Uh, here's another possibility. I was really racking my brain and I remembered that when I was in seventh grade, my science teacher, Miss Lapore, um, she told us that she had cured a wart on her hand she'd gotten rid of a wart on her hand using her own urine that was the cure to shrink and get rid of this wart so and i don't know if she you know if she made a poultice and and used her urine on that or if she applied the urine directly in other words she you know, with her hand interrupted her own stream. I'm not sure what the, how the application went, went on, but I'm just saying urine is a possible, your own urine. You don't want to use somebody else's urine because there's, you know, there's issues with that. Um, Another possibility I thought was maybe, uh, you know, this goes back to even younger than seventh grade, but you, you wanted to avoid getting, uh, cooties and you would give yourself a cootie shot. And that was always, uh, where I was from. That was dot, dot circle, dot. That was the cootie shot. So I was thinking maybe circle, 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 dot could be a viral shot. Uh, and then the last thing, and this is a little extreme, but I know that it has some unproven properties that people have anecdotally said were positive. And then there were lawsuits. But that means there are some lying around that you could probably get for cheap. Uh, you know, you might, if you're, if you're concerned about the coronavirus, you might, you might just want to put a jade egg in your vagina. You know, um, that could possibly help. And obviously, if you don't have a vagina, which a lot of people don't, and I'm just being honest, a lot of people don't have a vagina. If you don't, uh, you can put the jade egg in what scientists call your pee hole. Um, you could just... Shove it in there and see what happens. If you don't know what your pee hole is, that's basically... I'm just talking about your urinary meatus. Your urinary meatus. Just put a jade egg in there. Give it a shot. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not saying you should do this. But what do you have to lose? Um... My guest today is an old friend of mine, and she may be somebody that you know. You may have seen her on Broadway. You may have seen her in sitcoms. You may have seen the one-woman show that she wrote and toured around the country with, and then uh, other people toured around the country with it. You may have read the book she wrote called When Did I Get Like This? You may have heard her podcast called "What." Fresh hell, laughing in the face of motherhood. Um, I met her through a Help Wanted ad in the back of a newspaper. True story. Her name is Amy Wilson, and she, she was kind enough to come on the podcast with me and talk about having a family. And not being single and whether or not it was possible for me to be happy, even though I don't have a family and am single. And I just, I kind of went after her right away about this. Am I making a mistake? Do I need to just find someone, a man or a woman to marry and have a couple of kids? And will that make me happier ultimately?
0: No, I don't think that that's the that's the key.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work it that way.
0: Sounds, I mean, it might work, but it wouldn't def would not definitely work, which I think is what you're asking me.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Is it a foolproof method? No, definitely not.
1: Uh... Parenting
0: parenting is pretty foolproof, I guess. Although, you know what I've learned about happiness over the last so my oldest kid is almost seventeen.
1: Holy crap! I been this
0: for a little while. I know. Holy crap! Indeed. I have had to learn with my each of my kids in ways big and small that I can't be riding the same roller coaster as them. Like I had a kid who had to miss a lot of school. She was very chronically ill for a couple of years of her life and sometimes she was very sick and sometimes she wasn't and I realized that like if she was having a good day, then I was having a good day and if she Had missed another week of school, then I was in the valley of despair. Like, this kid, what am I going to do? This kid's never going to get well. And just feeling so stressed about it. And I realized that it was not good for her, but it was also not good for me to be on that. You know, that I needed to to, like. To be
1: so connected to her welfare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course I am, but I, I can have a good day even if she was home from school sick. And then, of course, not really, but I. Try to. There's mm-hmm. that saying about uh, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. Have you heard that saying?
1: No, I don't have children, so I don't listen to those things.
0: <laughs> I think that's true. Like your kid, there's one of your kids is always, you know, giving you strife, and the other one isn't, and, and they they take turns. But which is funny, how they they know how to do that. But yeah, the one who's struggling the most is the one you're going to be fixated on the most. But you can't. Yeah, I couldn't let that ruin my year even though it was ruining her year you see what i'm saying yeah yeah you had to
1: you had to do stuff for yourself in addition to doing stuff for her and the stuff you did for yourself i would assume would in some way benefit her
0: yeah it did because i mean i'm talking about like it's okay to go out to dinner even if she's really not feeling well and leave her home with the babysitter it doesn't have to be me all the time and if i would go out to dinner and like cling to life for a couple of hours and remember what it was like to have a good time and then come home Sure, like that was better for her, but it's enough that it was better for me. That was the other thing I had to work on. That it wasn't just in order to be a more perfect martyr, I have to <laughs> have to untether my emotional state. No, you can do that because you want to, and because it's good for you. Can do what's good for just you sometimes, even when you're a parent. And that I mean, right. I'm still saying that, and not believing it, but that's what I'm telling myself.
1: A hundred percent. You're not going. I'm going to go out to dinner because fuck off, sick kid. I'm doing this for myself, but what I'm saying, I guess, is that I would assume that because you're, and I'm just saying going out to dinner as as a, just as an example, I mean, it could be that you were going out to lunch, but it's like, if you're doing that, you're just a happier, more contented person, which has some rebound effect on your ability to be there for your child
0: it definitely does but that but it didn't have to but that's not why you're doing it it. good for her right right yeah and that that's where because that's where i got stuck next like i'm really only doing this to to it's just another form of selflessness like no it's not i just need to get out of the house once in a while and that was enough that was okay
1: I looked up some some statistics. I know you love statistics. Yeah,
0: I love statistics, yeah.
1: And I actually don't have too many specific statistics because I started <laughs> reading them and they always go so far in depth in these statistics. But there was an article in Psychology Today and this, this person, Dr. DePaulo, wrote that the average happiness of single people, because I think there is a bias in society against single people. Like if you have a family, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And if you are not doing that, if you're single, then you're not fulfilling your societal responsibilities. Um, which,
0: right. Which must mean you're less happy, right? right I mean, that, right. that's that's the assumption.
1: And her conclusion was that the average happiness of single people is always squarely on the happy end of the scale. She said that people who are single tend to respond positively to statements like for me life has been a continuous process of learning change and growth whereas the people who had been married the whole time were more likely to agree with statements such as I gave up trying to make big improvements in my life a long time ago
0: (laughs) yeah I, I think you spend well it's another it's another person's happiness that you're tethered to it's the same thing like Your spouse can be having a bad day or a bad season and ideally they're going to sit down and talk to you about it and can you really help me with this and and each other's help me through those things Mm -hmm. or you're just low-grade irritated with each other for like two months because somebody's in a bad mood because things aren't going well at work and you're the one they take it out on. So I think, yeah, you spend a lot of time navigating your happiness against somebody else's sometimes moodiness. Against somebody else is sometimes moodiness and sometimes not. And I know that my spouse does that for me and I do that for him too. Like, just leave this person alone for a while. But it's another happiness. You're still living with it and you have to sometimes disengage with it. And right. you can't take responsibility, right, for anybody's happiness, even if you're married to them.
1: That's why I don't take uh, responsibility for my own <laughs> happiness.
0: <laughs> but, but you're spending so much time involved with other people's happiness that maybe you don't have enough time to sort of Do what works for you or feel like it's okay to do that. I don't I don't know. Yeah, Or you you can't It's good to come home sometimes and be in a bad mood and not talk to anybody except if you live with four other people
1: You can't do that.
0: You you can't do that. Right. It's like roommates. It's like freshman year all the time (laughs) Hopefully you chose more wisely than your freshman year freshman year was
1: a nightmare for me It really was it was a nightmare I've Because well, they
0: put you in, like, the opposite making machine, right? I've and they, never they seen that with...
1: guy since freshman year. He left school after freshman year. He was a nightmare.
0: My, yeah, my freshman year roommate uh, switched dorms to presumably not have to live with me or anybody, you know, on our floor uh-huh. anymore. Yeah, and we just sort of went – it wasn't – not with a bang, but with a whimper, you know. It just was <laughs> like, oh, well, sure, well.
1: But, but what you're saying is true, which is that you come into – and this, again, goes to Dr. DePaulo's article. Dr. DePaulo talks a lot about the freedom that single people have. In other words, I come home, I can do whatever I want, I can, you know, I won't get into the things I want to do when I get home, but I can do them. But can
0: uh, do any of them.
1: I can do any of them or all of them at the same time if I want. And if you are living with your family, that's just not possible, correct?
0: Right, yeah, like, I hate cooking, mm-hmm. I would never cook for myself, and when I do, and I am like, the rare occasion I'm home by myself for dinner, or lunch, or whatever, it's like cereal, like, that's fine with me, <laughs> but, but I can't do that, can't so do that with three kids, however, a- am I better off, because I have three kids to cook for, so it's like, uh, okay, I'll get out the Brussels sprouts, because there's... Three people who are wondering what's for dinner that I'm in charge of. Am I better off? Yes, because I get the brussels sprouts sometimes. And maybe I don't know. Do you ever make yourself dinner?
1: I make myself dinner all the time. But I was going to say, you you not only do you cook for your kids, but you have the power move of forcing them to eat the abhorrent <laughs> vegetable brussels sprouts, <laughs> and they don't if have, you have a choice. them.
0: They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I guess
1: that's true. It's um, all right. Yeah, I do cook for myself all the time, actually. I, I Do I like you? To cook. Do
0: you enjoy that? Yeah, I do. Do you derive happiness from
1: that? I do derive happiness from that. And I think it's not the happiness of the act of cooking. That's not the part that yeah. feels good for me, but it's kind of what you're saying, which is, oh, I'm eating something that is not garbage, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that cereal is garbage. Some of it is, but some of it's okay. Uh, this episode brought to you by Count Chatecula. <laughs> But the other, okay, so here, so yeah, I do feel like there is maybe more freedom when you're not connected to a family. What a great way to say that, connected to a family. But also in her article, she says, single people on average are seriously constrained by having less money, fewer resources, fewer legal protections, less respect, and less admiration than married people. What do you think about that? Hmm.
0: Well, the admiration thing occurs to me because I think that dads get that like way more than mothers. I won't get too distracted by that soapbox. But like <laughs> you walking down the street with a baby and a baby Bjorn would be like hailed by passersby as immediately the what a wonderful dad you are. Right. Uh-huh. You get you get so much affirmation, I think, as a dad. With your kids out in the world for just existing in ways that I don't think moms do. So yes, on the affirmation. What were the other ones?
1: Uh, less, less money. Um, less money.
0: I mean, I guess you don't you don't have kids to spend it on. You're you're
1: right, but you also don't, don't have like
0: a you, you don't, don't have a what, second you know, like income. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, fewer resources. I do have less access to. Textiles and valuable minerals, I think, by not being part of a family. I don't know what that means. Resources. Probably,
0: probably. Uh,
1: Fewer legal protections as a single person.
0: In terms of what, I wonder?
1: I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm not going to get arrested for being.
0: (laughs) Your house uh, taken. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Less respect.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say maybe, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because again,
0: it's like this is this is how it goes. This is what you do next. This
1: is right, and is and cool. that's why. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, this is why going to my parents' Christmas parties was always such a mixed blessing for me. Like, I loved to go and see all these people that had been coming to their house for 40 years, but then I had to hear about what's going on. When are you going to settle down? When are you going to? And it wasn't done overtly, like there's something wrong with you, but it was covert. It was covertly indicated, you know, you're not following society's plan.
0: It's like, it's like what there is to say to that guy, right? Like I, before I was a pregnant person, I used to think that it was sort of incumbent on you when you, you know, we're talking to a pregnant person at a party to say what, like, you know what you're having what do you do is this your first right you're just you're just kind of supposed to and then once I went through it three times like oh my god like
1: to- stop asking like,
0: how about those Yankees right like right. anything else that woman wants to talk about than her her size and how she's feeling and like yeah or like I have a kid who's starting to go through the college thing now and I yeah I always did the same thing with like a 17 year old like oh so what are you thinking so where are you hoping and, and like, that's the last thing they want to talk about so I think everybody at the party is like oh here he comes single guy and it's like it just like yeah. it just comes out like right. when you're getting married because that's what you say to a single guy if right it's not so personal i don't know
1: but but i also feel like there's an element of judgment there
0: yeah i guess there is
1: um
0: because because they but, but your choice can't be too right to the person married for you know 40 years because that's the road not taken so they do have something invested in right their their road having been the better choice right, right.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't make a mistake. Um <laughs> so how about those Yankees? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean do you do you think it was pers- like they don't have an agenda. They're just like saying the thing you say to a guy who isn't married yet. I I well
1: pers- here here's what I also think as I'm saying this is part of it was probably my own paranoia, you know? of, like, I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm saying that, like, it's not something I'm supposed to do, but I'm, like, I know I don't conform to what's normal in society. Uh, And so there is an element of, like, I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder about it. So when somebody goes, when are you going to settle down? I'm, like, what? What? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong. You know what I mean? Um. So, so that's probably part of it as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But mm-hmm. I, but I do feel like fuck those people.
0: <laughs> Are you done with that party? <laughs> yeah,
1: that party doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. Oh, all right, well. So I am done with those people.
0: Everybody ran out. They couldn't think of anything else to ask <laughs> right? you. Since they we're like, like the party.
1: we 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 couldn't come up with a single other <laughs> thing to discuss with him. And I don't mean to use the word single, but I, that's what I it just <laughs> was a Freudian when I slip. See him, but just, Do you feel like, do you feel the? Because I was going to say, do you feel like you have less freedom when you have all these other responsibilities? But obviously, that's true. Yeah. Do I you do. feel like that is a a good thing or a bad thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's positives and negatives to those things. Hmm.
0: I think if you're the kind of person who uh, sort of overthinks every choice, like there are people who are decisive. There's a continuum, right? Like, like, there are people who are completely just sent into a tailspin by what should we have for lunch, you know? And and so maybe those people want fewer choices. If mm-hmm. you're so if you're a, a choice loving person, then then you don't want your your opportunities more prescribed. I don't know. I I, I guess I liked for me. I was living in LA before I became a parent, and then it was time to move home to New York because my spouse's job was just much more. I was performing, so my my spouse's job was just a lot more secure and stable, and health insurance and all that kind of stuff. So there was really never a question when it came time to to pick one or the other whose career was the better bet for you know a lifetime stable family life (laughs) of stability, right? And so I was, like, bummed that I had to leave my my stuff in L.A. behind, but it, there really wasn't a choice, and I think that made it better because it, there's never been a, like, oh, I should have done this, I could have done this. Like, yeah, but you, but it was the right thing to do. There kind of wasn't a choice. Am mm-hmm. I making any sense? Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. I think that made it easier. Well, you are,
1: and I also feel like just knowing you the way I do, it's not like you... It's not like you stopped doing everything and became a happy homemaker, you know? No. I mean No, because
0: that is that right. I'm always the like, I gotta figure out some way to be creative because yeah. that's what makes me happy. I've figured that out. And right. it doesn't even matter for how many if it doesn't matter if it's ten people or ten million people, I gotta I gotta make stuff and put it out in the world.
1: Right. And you've gone on to do all sorts of things like that. So in that sense you you have not I mean, as I said, I'm sure there are some ways in which freedom is limited, but you have still maintained some of the stuff that you were doing before you made that decision.
0: Yeah, some of them. And so in some ways you have to start over and and make new things. But right. The sort of larger choice of what's right for five people is always pretty clear. And so like, like I can't I for the last my kids are getting older now, so I. I just had an opportunity to audition for a job that was going to take me to Texas for six weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that was just a non-starter for for more than a decade. And then this one was like, ah, I think I could do that, actually. And I tried out for it, and I didn't get it. But it was the first time I would, like,
1: You actively... were going to actually do it if you got it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to do it. I'm like, figure it out. Right. Like, my kids don't. They need me. But they there are lessons to be learned with not getting our kids not having what they want all the time, which is me around, too you know, hand them their water bottle.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, you know, sense. cause then they're going to be dehydrated and that's another, <laughs> that's another episode of the show. The, the episode about water makes you happy.
0: I, I, that's, that is what I do a lot of the time. I spend uh-huh. a lot of my time sort of facilitating as your kids get older, you're like, you're on the sidelines at their game with the water bottle and the sunscreen sort of, you know, right. Facilitating their happiness. And they all have makes you happy.
1: They, right right it does make you happy yeah of course that makes sense this is just a side note it is funny to me how when i go to see my my nephews play basketball at this point they do all have their own individual water bottles like that was just Uh not a thing when i was a kid like now it's like everybody gets their own custom (laughs) custom water bottle I'm like, okay, LeBron, good job. We
0: did not like. We did not drink enough water, or, or are we all? Is the wool being pulled? Like, weren't we all fine? You, you yeah, probably had I like so. one mouthful from the water fountain at right. halftime, right?
1: I, as a joke, once when I was in college, I was playing rugby, and I, everybody at halftime, everybody'd start yelling water, water, as if nobody knew that they were supposed to bring them water. And so, as a joke, I said beer, and somebody gave me a beer, and I drank it. And then I played the second half and I almost died. I couldn't breathe because I was so dehydrated but no it, that just wasn't a thing when I was a kid like I don't I don't ever remember having water when I was you know playing whatever soccer or whatever until I got to i guess in high school you started to have a a, a thing around but not it's a like
0: it's like topmost it has to be top, look, are you drinking enough water are you drinking you have your water right there I see it I have my water
1: <laughs> That's it's true. like
0: it's. It's it's yeah. Here's to you. Here's to our water bottles.
1: Yes. But the thing you made me think of was it does make you happy to give your kid their water bottle. So there is that element of you. Well, I don't know. Is there an element of you are able to take pride in their accomplishments? And that's a thing that you derive happiness from.
0: Yes, there is a psychological term for that. I can't think of what it is now. But it's like, uh, we did an episode on our show about sort of pageant moms not living for your kids. And we use pageant moms or like, you know, cheer moms as a sort of ridiculous example. And the reason is, you know, it's it's like a biological imperative, your kid is part of you. Mm -hmm. And so when your kid wins the spelling bee or makes the team or whatever, it is the same as if this idealized part of you yourself is doing it, and that's why we can over-identify. Right. But, yeah, it is almost better than yourself doing it when your kid does something great that they're proud of and you're proud of. You you take so much joy in it, because I guess you didn't have to go through the stress of doing it. You just enjoy the achievement. (laughs) But it feels as good as if you did it yourself.
1: But there is that element that you're talking about where people can identify too closely with that.
0: Yeah, Exactly, well, that's what I was yeah, saying yeah. before. You can identify with it negatively. Like my kid is having a hard time at school and like what do we do and he's sitting alone at lunch and then you you're in the same emotional state with them. Right. And that can also happen when yeah, you're a little too excited about homecoming and get a life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I had a thing last year. I went to again, I went to like 10 basketball games over Christmas break last year of all these Anywhere between eight and 12 year olds. And it was one of the, it was like one of the eight year olds games. And the other team, I swear they were winning by 30 points. And the parents from the other team were screaming in anger at the refs who they felt were calling the game to the home team's advantage. Like I couldn't believe it. It was insane. And finally, I just turned to this woman standing next to me who was, just so angry at the ref. And I said, you know, I think, I think it's going to be fine. I think your team is going to win by quite a bit. (laughs) And she, I felt like I was going to have to defend myself physically from this woman because she was so worked up about this. So maybe that's just too far in the other direction.
0: It is too far in the other direction. And I've been, I've been that, haven't been that parent maybe, but I've been in the group on the sidelines. just getting a little too worked up about, yeah, like the refs' perceived slight of your JV soccer team that is right. already not making the that playoffs. That was my
1: point to her. Was like these kids are eight. Who cares?
0: <laughs> and they're winning, which is and the really they're winning weird by part. thirty
1: points in a right. basketball game, which is like something you're never going to overcome. <laughs> <laughs> So you you do, you take pride, you, you are happy when your kid is happy, but is there, a, yeah. is there a flip side to that? And by that I don't mean like, I guess what I would be concerned about would be the kind of shit I put my parents through when they were dealing with me when I was in my 30s. Yourself,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, of just like worrying about shit, you know? And obviously they were a rare exceptional case, but- I think probably that's a thing that a lot of parents go through, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't, your kids seem little to you. Like here's what I didn't really get until I became a parent. Like, so my oldest kid is six, two, he's junior in high school and I have a very easygoing positive relationship with him, but like, I think he's adorable and I think his friends are adorable in a way that I almost always keep to myself. But you know, like in a in a way that you would find like a two-year-old cute. I yeah, find yeah. now like high school students just like do, 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 adorable in a way that I don't think I ever knew one could. And I'm sure when he's 25 years old, I'll still be like, look at him. He's coming home for Christmas. And I'll feel the same sort of, he'll seem adorable and sweet to me and also somebody I have to worry about.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think if I if I... Today, told my mother I was going for a bike ride. She would be like, "Just make sure you wear your helmet." Like she never fails to say that. Still, and I'm like, "Jesus Christ, shut up!"
0: And and did did the coming of grandchildren take the heat off you in some ways?
1: No, no. She's they're, they're they're relentless, or she in particular is. I guess not so much my dad, but no. It's still in in her mind. I and we are still children, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's just never going to change.
0: No, it's not. Yeah. And I would say like, I I get it. I'm there and I'll be there when (laughs) my kids are as old as I am now for sure. Well, it just occurs to me when we're like, does, does having more choices make you happy? Like, right. you have kids. Like, you have to put them first. Like, you know, your kid um, – like, I'm not going to – or I'm, I guess I'm not going to write that screenplay this year because my kid's home from school all the time. And I And I – that was very easy. There's no choice there, right? Like, okay, I'm going to park that and I'm not going to get mad at myself for not writing because I have no choice. Like, the sort of – it's – it's not even a choice you have to consider about like your kid is your kid. Right. And so immediately those things just, you don't have to wonder what's most important anymore. They just are most important. You don't have to to figure that out. And so I guess there's happiness in that, that you know what you're doing today and what the most important thing you're doing today is going to be.
1: Yes. Although although I would also posit that there are parents who would not make that choice. Sure. Sure. Bad parents. Bad, bad, bad
0: parents, <laughs> and probably also unhappy people. They're they're not happy. Yeah,
1: maybe I should, maybe anything. I should give no. the, give them some advice after I finish this show and tell them you know how they could be happier. What would be your? Uh, this is a tricky one because we've been talking about family. We've been talking about having a family versus not having a family. But as somebody who has thought about this a lot. What would be your one word of advice about living with a family if you have one? And if not that, then it could be, I don't know, if you want to just say like just drink more water or <laughs> anything you want.
0: There's this book called The 5 Love Languages. Have you heard of this book? I have not. It's com- you should you should read it as is part of, of your, uh, Is one of them Esperanto? Is one of What is it?
1: Esperanto? <laughs> yes
0: that's my love language. (laughs) It's like, it sounds so hokey. And I found it so like it, it blew my mind. So like people have different love languages. And one of them is yours. Yours might be kind words. And it isn't just from like your girlfriend. It's from like the people in your life. Like I really love it when somebody says, Hey, you did a great job today. And somebody else's is quality time. And somebody else's is touch. And somebody else's is, is actually gestures and gifts and things like that.
1: I, I would don't. assume money is one of them
0: money sure sure money is a love language money and talks they say you don't you the people in my family certainly my spouse but even my kids like don't have the same love language as me so and sometimes like the kid who might need like a lot of hugs won't ask for them and won't even Act in a particularly huggable way. You know what I'm saying? And and that's not, I don't give love. I give love by words. And that's what I want back, words. But one of my kids might need more. Just I just want you to sit with me. And I so I went through this with my kids and my spouse, sort of thinking about like, oh, what makes this person happy is Mm -hmm. not the same as me. And it doesn't have to be the same as me. And you can kind of take turns, but making them want the same kind of happiness and get, and express their happiness in the same way that you do is, you know, it's a fool's errand. It's not, it's not the point, Right. but you can be, you can be very forthcoming with the people in your life. Like, this is what makes me happy. So if you ever want to know what makes me happy, you could, I don't know, you could, you can. This is how you make me happy. Right. And when they want to know, like you don't have to wonder, you just know. And it know what really their transform- love
1: language is. Yeah. It's like when you go to Spain and they say, try to speak to the people there in Spanish. But this is not an actual verbal language. It's, or unless it's you enjoy being told you did a good job, but it's how you make them feel happy.
0: Or like the people in Spain. I, I, I went on a tour of Spain a couple of years ago and the tour guy was like, we're Spanish. We don't smile. Why? I don't know. We're Spanish. <laughs> but we dance, you know? And, they, and I'm like, okay, that's right. So I shouldn't, like, wonder why the Spanish people aren't smiling at me. They right. don't smile. But they're nice. And, like, they're just different. That He's like, I don't know why we're like this. This is how we are.
1: Goddamn so, Spaniards.
0: Yeah. Stopping wondering why other people aren't the same as you and don't respond to things in the same way as you is not a way to be happy. Because maybe they're happy anyway. They just don't smile.
1: Right. They could be Spanish.
0: <laughs> they could just be Spanish. Yep. Yeah. Uh-
1: So there it is, just because somebody is not smiling, doesn't mean they're not happy, if they are from Spain. That's our episode, folks. And that means we are halfway through our first season of the show. Halfway through, we have more than halfway through. We have eight more episodes. Well. No, we probably have a season finale too, but we have a number of episodes left to go. Um, so I just want to say thank you to my guest today, Amy Wilson. You can follow her on Twitter at Amy Wilson. In other words, it's Amy Wilson, but with no vowels in the last name, Amy WLSN. That is also her Instagram handle. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean Conroy. The executive producer of Sean Conroy Gets Happier is Lauren Dennitz. Our consuming producer is Pete Galamaga. The show was recorded at All Things Comedy Studios in Burbank, California. Our sound engineer is Aaron Brungart, who is also our video technician, and always has water bottles if you need them. I'm sure he'd be happy to pass you one. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Stay sane. Stay safe. Stay six feet away. And we'll see you next time. I hope you get happier.